This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Brett screwed Brett. Die, Rocky, die. Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE. With new interviews, with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world's number one sports and recreation podcast. The name of said podcast is Cheap Heat. I am joining you from New York City. I am joining you as a newly engaged man. That's right. Soon to be Mr. Hatton, a.k.a. Your forever 24-7 champion, Peter Rosenberg, joining me from Philadelphia, the physically strong Stack Guy Gray. Yo, congratulations, Peter. Thank you. To you and Th- Natalie. Thank you for you- your sweet voice note over the weekend and your kind wishes. It's very, very much appreciated. And joining us from a place that can only be called uh, Jewish Central Florida, Dipperstein. <laughs> I'm uh, in the land of bagels and schmears, up a storm. And by the way, I, I open I I open my grandmother's freezer, uh-huh. and inside of the freezer is just an enormous dearth of bagels, of frozen bagels. And I discovered an egg everything. What are your thoughts in you the found- freezer? In the freezer, well, I, egg oh, everything oh, oh, frozen in the freezer. Uh, well, I have I have to tell you something upsetting. Um, oh no. You just used the word dearth wrong the way I did about a year or two ago. I thought dearth is a plentiful amount. The exact opposite. There isn't there. Are you sure? Dearth is scarcity. Yes. Have I been using dearth wrong for years? I think we all have. (laughs) You've been embarrassing yourself. (laughs) Let me tell you, I am so ashamed of my dearth usage. (laughs) I mean, what what kind of a man am I? Listen, if you had, if you had a father who corrected every single wrong thing you ever said, which is for me every conversation, you eventually learn some of these. So that dearth is, is one of them. It's, that it's explains a lot about I, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to go on record and just say that I apologize to anyone who I falsified the definition of dearth to over the years, and I mm-hmm. promise to be better with my diction. 
SGG, it's sort of like Dipperstein probably said that word and people were like believed it. It's the same thing as what was happening with Ganochi. Like you were teaching <laughs> people. And it's it's Ganochi and Jace. Earth is Ganochi and Jace. <laughs> yeah, you were teaching people Ganochi without even knowing it. Oh, um, I'm sick. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> shout out to everyone uh, in the Cheap Heat universe who was reaching out and, and sending love and congratulations. It's sincerely appreciated. And I am uh, incredibly happy. Natalie's incredibly happy. And uh, next week, you will have an opportunity to meet the future Mrs. Rosenberg, a.k.a. Miss Hatton, uh, alongside myself, Stack Guy Greg, Dipperstein, Wrestling for Sale, and his many, many wrestling vintage friends at Tailgate Social. Shout out to Troy. Troy will be there, too. Oh, Troy's going to be in the house. That's right, of course. Um, Tailgate Social in Las Vegas, okay? It is a great time. You are going to have a great opportunity to purchase Major Wrestling merch. It's at the Palace Station Hotel and Casino, 12 noon, the day after SummerSlam. And unlike last year, I will not have to rush out the door. I'm staying in Las Vegas. So I, I, I will be able to chill. We'll do a podcast. I'll, I'll shop merch. We'll talk merch. We'll nerd out. It's going to be a great time. Now, you just mentioned Troy. We do have to bring Troy on briefly because we yes. hear that Troy has some big news to share. Troy, is it true that your relationship with the Jewish woman is now over? Uh, yes. And, and, and it's still over? Yeah, it's still over. Wow. Well, congratulations. Does we she know, know that it's over? Yes. Okay. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something at the risk of it being a little embarrassing for everyone. But I do radio for a living, so this is what I do. I apologize in advance. I need to tell you, Troy, that last week when I came into the chat, uh, when we started the stream yard, I jumped in the room and you were potted up in the room and I heard her screaming like a crazy person. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? It's uh, it's been known to happen. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. So I there's, couldn't there's be, I couldn't, I, I immediately removed myself because I didn't want you to think that I was eavesdropping. And I, I so I, I removed myself, but I'll just say this. I think this, based on what I heard in about four <laughs> seconds, I think this was the right decision. Oh, boy. I'm talking to know me, what it is you heard. Let me I ask don't remember you words. I don't remember words. I just remember this dude's getting an earful right now. That's all I, that's all I know. You were getting an earful a thousand percent. Peter, we, let me ask we, you a question. We heard her comment, how could you buy hunts over Heinz ketchup? <laughs> of course. That was I don't care I if you're a minimalist or not. <sighs> when you say you're a radio person, does that mean that you you will take the opportunity to use use our paid for content if the cheap heat listeners would be mildly interested? That is correct. Okay. <laughs> right. My, and keyword being mildly doesn't even have to right. be it doesn't like have to be huge. It doesn't it's have just, to be like yeah, super a content. It could if, be just. It's if, like it could be if like the ten people that will pop for this. That's right. It could be the road. equivalent of like the twenty four seven storyline, and I'm still going to use it hundred <laughs> okay. percent. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. We'll get, we'll get to email later and uh, maybe I'll come back around to the engagement, but either way, shout out to my fiance. Uh, we did post pictures on Twitter and Instagram. You may notice that some of them were taken in vintage wrestling merch. Oh yeah. You know, there's nothing like taking engagement photos with a beautiful woman whose body is covered with the face of the undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> like yours is right now, actually. Like, yeah, mine is again right now. Um, SGG, what is going on outside the ring this week? Oh, my God. So much is going on outside of the ring. Um, Randy Orton's career is possibly in jeopardy. We lost two beloved WWE referees last week, uh, Tim White and Dave Hebner. Mm. It's being rumored that Sasha Banks has been quietly released, even though no official announcement has come from the WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Bryan is out from Forbidden Door. Rhea Ripley is out for Money in the Bank. Wow. And then, of course, the the big news that has had ripple oh. effects of 
other news. I forgot we haven't been on since last week. Is the Wall Street Journal reported mm-hmm. that the WWE board is investigating Vince McMahon. And of course, major exclusive MJF news that I'm pretty sure I haven't seen reported anywhere else. Oh, go ahead. So we're going to break it. Um, okay. With all those topics, Pete, like you said, you're the quarterback. You're the radio person. I got it. They podcast, you broadcast. That's right. Thank you. Where are we going to go? All right. Uh, let's let me. I, I think we have to start with the MJF news. It sounds like as big as the Vince McMahon WWE board situation is, I think we got to start with the MJF news. What are they saying? So it's being reported. And like I said, we haven't heard this anywhere, but uh, it's being reported that MJF is now considering cotton boxers as an alternative to briefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, they're hearing wow. from several people in the AAW locker room that mm-hmm. despite the pressure to wear Hanes or, or Fruit of the Loom, mm-hmm. um, you know, Fruit of the Loom is becoming his preferred brand. And and no one mm-hmm. from inside of his camp is commenting. Mm-hmm. So there may be more on this next week. But it seems that for now, you know, you see a lot of people in Hanes, white tees over at AEW. But... MJF is going with Fruit of the Loom. Fruit of the Loom. Look, I, I gotta tell you, it, this this is ultimately an argument as as old as time. That's boxers right. are briefs, sure, and boxers are over briefs. And um, you know, personally, I'm a I'm a boxers man. I don't. By the way, me briefs. too. I'm a boxer man. Um, I'm a boxer but briefs the guy. Buy your boxer briefs but, guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But but the fact that MJF is ta- we're talking about the specific brands, I think this is huge news. I mean, I per, for personally, sock wise, I I I'm a Hanes and a Fruit of the Loom guy. Maybe I prefer Hanes slightly more than Fruit of the Loom, but you know, for well, I'm someone, a Nike's, uh, I'm a Nike sock man, almost exclusively. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. But then, well, how do you um, do? You wear not Nike sneakers though. Don't you, like, they're, they're, well, they're ankle socks, so you can't tell. Uh-huh. What kind of, uh, okay. But as far as far as MJF suspension and all the things that are going on with him, how do you think this is gonna? Play into affect, it. Uh, play into I, it. How do you think? Well, this is we all know that. Well, we all know. Anyone who knows the wrestling business knows. Tony Khan is a notorious uh, Gray Haynes boxer brief man. So mm-hmm. in, in this relationship between Khan and and Max is already fraught. And yeah. so just add this into the sort of brew that is that we're seeing over in the AEW locker room. So. Uh, Greg, thank you. That was very big information. Now, I so suppose we thank you. I suppose we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the uh, WWE situation. Vince McMahon supposedly, according to the Wall Street Journal article, um, paid a woman uh, who was working for the company to sort of keep quiet a relationship that they had. Uh, it's being investigated. He decide, He said he's cooperating with the investigation. In the meantime, he has stepped aside from CEO duties. And Stephanie McMahon, who just left, this to me may be the most interesting facet of the story. Yes. Is that Stephanie, who just stepped away, and the rumors were potentially stepping away for a long time. Indefinite leave of absence were her words. Right. Uh, now, a month later, less than a month later, is currently the the front facing business leading person vince mcmahon staying in creative control and i believe i read earlier this week that john laurinitis who's also in the wall street journal article he's also um, implicated yes he's implicated and i believe i believe he took a leave right yes it was reported by by i believe fightful that bruce pritchard is now the head of talent relations um in in place of john laurinitis and like you now, said, Vince is still in creative control, and Stephanie McMahon is interim chairwoman, along with being interim CEO. Now, this is a this is a tough thing to talk about, and not for the reason that the haters would think. The people who call anyone who works with WWE a shill, not for the reason you would think. It's hard to talk about, frankly, because in this and I'm not complaining about the time that we're living in. I believe we should be living in a time where people are held accountable for their actions. But that being said, talking about a situation like this, where someone was allegedly paid money to keep a relationship quiet, but that relationship was a consensual relationship. You don't want to sound like you're being dismissive of what the entire thing is. But at the end of the day, do I think that uh, someone being paid to keep a relationship, quiet, a consensual adult relationship quiet do I think that amounts to what will end up being a corporate restructuring at WWE? 
My hunch is no. And I don't want to say that in a way that sounds like I'm minimizing anything that's being said. I'm just saying when you read through what it is, it's uh, you, you certainly understand why WWE is going through the measures that they are and why Vince would step aside from that position that he's in right now. But also, he showed us quite clearly by appearing on television on Friday and then on Monday that he wants people to know, essentially, he's not going anywhere. Isn't that how you took it, guys? Uh, SGG, I'll start with you. Yeah, um, I did. Even the wording of the article, it, it said that they were investigating the payments, and it didn't say that they were investigating necessarily Vince McMahon. Now, obviously, they're impl- implicating him and saying that he made the payments, and but it seems like the focus of the board's investigation is the money and not the conduct or any any alleged misconduct. Who knows if that changes? But even right now, it's like, we don't have we have such so few facts about what they're looking for and what they're finding that this is interesting right now because of everybody's filling in the blanks and speculating but when it becomes really interesting is when we get the actual information if we get the information about what the board found and what that meant and how it will affect WWE but right now it's like you said um Vince commented on on Friday then now forever together emphasis on the words forever and together and then he popped up back again on monday and stephanie mcmahon is in control so it seems like the ball is going to keep rolling while the while the board does their investigation and what this actually means we won't find out for a long time now the the news of tim white and dave hebner was really sad and i i sort of Obviously, I feel bad for both guys, but can I tell you guys, I really felt bad for Dave Hebner, um, who obviously had a great career as a referee. Tim White's long-term involvement in WWE sort of shifted, you know, while people certainly paid their respects to Dave Hebner, the Tim White passing kind of took over because he was really around so often. He was responsible a lot of times for bringing talent to their uh, appearances. And, you know, my experiences with Tim White were always very pleasant, always down to tell a story. And he was one of those people that when people feel that the WWE, there's a lot of thoughts that people and misconceptions people have about WWE and kind of how cold a place it is. Like people believe it's a very cold place, I think. I think that's one of the things that the, naysayers and haters feel about it is like, oh, who would want to be there in this corporate environment and blah, 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 blah. And I, and I understand it's a huge corporate company. I, I understand that. Tim White was one of those shining examples of the part of it that still felt very mom and pop. Like he was around, he used to, he used to do, he used to be Andre's guy. Then he was a referee. Now he's an <laughs> older gentleman. And we find things for him to do. Like he will always have a gig here for as long as he wants to. And if he doesn't have a gig here, he will be welcome with an open door anytime he shows up. Um, and and you saw him around a lot. And I saw him as I saw him during the pandemic. Um, do we know what happened? Um, no, I haven't heard any details about what happened with with either one of them. But I, I want to raise. A, I want to ask you a question about Tim White specifically. You just made me think about. You mentioned that like he was one of the guys who was always around and like always had a had a spot there and like he sort of was one of Andre's guys. How much of that do you think played a role in the fact that he always had a they always had a place for him in WWE? Because when you think about how it's run, like a lot of Vince Senior's friends and and like the old timers, Vince really took care of them and made sure that like even after people passed away, mm-hmm. that spouses. Yeah, family, people had yes. a spot. So how much of that do you think affected Tim White with him being one of Andre's guys versus some people who came down? I mean, listen, I, I, I don't want to take away from the fact that people probably just loved him as an individual, but I, I think you can't look past that part of the story because if you walk into Titan Tower right now, the first thing you see is that Andre the Giant statue. Like, there is no doubt that Andre looms large over the entire company. Um and it's funny because, you know, Vince McMahon will openly talk about how basically his father would roll over in his grave to see the things Vince had done and how Vince sort of rolled on a lot of his friends in the NWA and, you know, all these other territories. 
And while that may be true, on the flip side, while Vince, from a business sense, was aggressive and, you know, just a, a force to be reckoned with who would take out anyone, he was an absolutely sort of vicious competitor in that way. At simultaneously, it seems like all the people who had close relationships with his dad, if they need many of those people who Vince knocked out of business would then come work for WWE. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah. he, he, he clearly had an allegiance to the people who had an allegiance to his father, even if the story that is mostly told and with good reason is about him taking out all these territories. If, if you had a long-term affiliation, like someone did with Andre the giant, like Tim white did with Andre the giant. Yeah. I do think that is part of it. Dipperstein, what's your, what's your favorite Dave Hebner memory? Oh my God. I, the, the, the bumping, uh, the Dave Hebner bumping is, oh, yeah. is gotta be, he was one of the most, you know, you, there's a few refs over the, you know, over the course of wrestling's life cycle that have made a difference and have been a part of the story. And not that Dave, he- I mean, besides the obvious, um, in the Montreal screw job, but that wasn't his was Earl. Earl. Dave? That wasn't was his Earl? Earl. Okay. But, but, um, besides, besides, <laughs> Hey, like, listen, twin magic will get you every time. <laughs> I mean, either twins. So it's hard to say. I, I you know, couldn't remember. But um, as far as like refs that you remember and and bumping bumping refs, I would say he's in the Hall of Fame of bumping refs. <laughs> I'm shocked he didn't go the twin ref uh, angle. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah. I, the tw- the the Hebner twin ref angle was that was a very early memory for me. How much was the plastic surgery, man? <laughs> oh, yeah. is that what Hogan said? <laughs> yeah. He's like, how much did it cost? <laughs> uh, now, yeah, it was uh, it was Earl who enabled Andre to beat Hogan and win the title. Because um, we didn't know that Dave had a twin at that point, right? I never right. knew until I was an adult. <laughs> well, well, Dave... <laughs> Did you miss this storyline? No, you were, very, you were very young. I mean, this was like a TV kind he of storyline when you were no, when you were I, not I, even, I mean, you were not even it, born. I, I, you were I actually not. It. You were actually Literally. not born, and it legit was kind of one of those regular Saturday morning kind of storylines. But they no, did have Saturday a big, night's main event. The, but the they had 30, a Saturday night's main event moment. Right, three million people watched. And by the way, Dave Hebner also refereed Savage Steamboat. Oh wow! I mean, that's enough said there. Yeah, you, you know how many false finishes that man counted right in that match? Um, let's see. Tim White refereed Hell in a Cell between Mankind and The Undertaker. Oh, can you imagine having a front row uh, view to that? Tim the White man did a, had a referee a match. Yeah, Tim White did a lot of refing. He was refing and refing. He was refing and refing. Man. He really knew the rules. <laughs> the man knew the rules 100%. And and bent the rules sometimes. Um, SGG, what else did you say again? That was, uh, oh, Sasha. Is Sasha gone? <laughs> um, I'm starting to lean towards yes. I'm starting to lean towards that she is gone. Oh, no. Um, I, I don't have any real evidence to back this up, but... Regardless of what happened recently, didn't we think this divorce was coming no matter what? Um, honestly, I was. I'm not sure, right? Because I felt like Sasha Banks was sort of like in that Shawn Michaels conversation for the women's division of like, and I'm talking about early Shawn, not like Christian Shawn who came back and was down to do anything and and hand out these five star classic matches to people you know, very selflessly. I'm talking about early 90s Sean who wanted the belts, wanted the glory, decided when and he would lay down and wouldn't lay down. And if he didn't want to, was happy to, you know, go home, hand in the title, sit back, and then come back to open arms (laughs) from the company and his position right back where he left it. Sometimes he came back to better position it. And, um, so I thought Sasha Banks was in that category of like, you know, she can pull that card as often as she wants because she was that good. And then if she's really gone, um, it seems to say that, that uh, you know, either she wasn't that, that person or that that card is not available for anybody to use. 
Dip, I know you weren't the world's biggest uh, or are not the world's biggest Sasha Banks fan. You no. pr- you enjoy her in-ring ability, but that's is that where it ends? That's where it ends for you. But that's do you, where it ends for me. Do you think this is the end of the line? I do as far as her time in WWE, and of course you could never say never. Everyone always comes back. Um, but you know, I mean, I'm not going to miss her promos or any of her work outside the ring. Um, she's never been one of my favorites. I respect her as a performer in the ring. And, uh, I do you think AEW, I think she's one of the great, I think she's one of the greatest, you know, in ring performers ever, um, if, uh, female, female in ring performers ever. Do you think um, that, do you think that, that AEW, she is someone who they absolutely should move on? No. Wow. I'm with dip. Really? Why? I, I don't know why they can't dip says everyone. this. <laughs> I don't know why Dip is saying it, but I think, well, the end result, I agree with Dip, is that AEW and Sasha Banks should not be working together. But I do think they it's- They can't take every person. I, I think she she needs an equal if she's going to go there. She she would loom too large over the division. And um, the way I think about Sasha Banks defecting the AEW is, is sort of like, you know, when the Dodgers went West, right? They couldn't just go alone. They had to take the Giants. So if she doesn't take somebody else with her over there, then she's going to loom too large over the division and expose everything that everybody's been saying about it. Whereas, like, right now, these women are sort of developing in a way that, you know, it seems natural. There's, the progress is slow, but, like, Jade is getting better. Other women are getting better. Who does right, Sasha but, but, Banks but, have? But as not ready for Sasha. Right. right. That's, that's You know what? SGG, at first I was like, I, I, when you first said it, I didn't agree. And then the more you went on, listen, I'm not saying she couldn't have good stuff with people. And I, and, and obviously she could help people improve. Um, but that is an interesting point. And also reflecting back on Sasha from at least the, what you hear about her in terms of how she interacts with others, is she going to be the most patient, you know, (laughs) don't worry, I'll help you guys get there person is that really does that suit her personality or does she need to go there and have someone right away who's ready to to get it on because like you know in ring you can say that thunder rosa is there for sasha but Mm. who's going to carry the the promo if you throw serena deep with sasha who's going to carry those promos and then if you on the flip side if you put it with like brit or jade or somebody who can handle the promo the gap in the skill is just way too wide so it's just like she she yeah, should now I'll tell you this though it would be fun in another year in another year maybe her and Jade could be a lot of fun you know but Jade needs yeah. more she needs yeah. she needs longer you know I, I would like to see Sasha try to kind of climb that mountain you know and and beat someone of of Jade's size and that'll be a cool a cool play for Sasha we'll see my guess is guys regardless of how you both feel she will be signed to AEW I would I would bet a lot on it I think she will. I think she will get a. I think you're right. I think she will get a monster bag, um, because I know. Think about it like this. The, this is where I. This is a layup. The kind of fan that Tony Khan is obsessed with pleasing on the internet are the people who want him to throw three million dollars to Sasha Banks. That that's just the reality of it. They want to find out. Actually, I'll tell you, I'll go a step further. Those fans want Sasha Banks to be the highest paid person in AEW. And there's a chance Tony Khan says, that's what I'm going to do. And if he does, Sasha, get your bag. I am not mad at you. Get out there and get it. But um, you got to get the bag. You got to get the bag. You have to 1,000% get the bag. Yeah, I mean, she um, certainly earned it. Like, one of the few times that NXT, when they were going head-to-head with AEW, one of the few times that they beat them in the ratings, Sasha Banks was on the show. So, I mean, if that's what they care about, she can point to herself as being a needle mover. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. SGG, was there anything else? Damn, there's a lot outside the ring. Fightful reported that Randy Orton's career is in jeopardy due to the a back injury. Um, so, yeah, I don't have a lot to say here because it's still so speculative. I mean, obviously, we're just all praying for Randy. I mean, when we had him on the podcast a few months ago, he said he wanted to stick around 10 years. Originally, I heard it was really bad. Then I heard might not be so bad. He might be all right. Uh, give it a few months. So my hope is, guys, that there's some level of working happening here. And they're just like, let's let people believe it's going to be a really long time. And then he pops up back much sooner than anyone expects. That That's what I'm, and they're doing it to get a pop of him returning. And by the way, if that's true, God willing, he's okay. And he pops back up in September, October, November, whatever it is. He will be the hottest star in the company. Yeah. He'll be on no, fire. And, and, no and it's actually an opportunity. So also guys, speaking of Randy Orton, uh, John Cena's coming back this week. That's right. Monday. You can hear there's there's you can hear the sirens. That's how excited people are <laughs> exactly. for the return of John Cena. Big boss man is actually chasing him right now to the uh, <laughs> police to the escort. Arena. Yeah. Um, do we just assume we're getting right to John Cena and theory? Is is that like that seems to be the telegraphed thing here, right? SGG. Yeah, I'm assuming so. But I mean, they're making it a little they're, they're kind of protecting their hand a little bit because they have Bobby Lashley. Also, hollow theory. By the way, that's the money. Do do you guys agree? I I think the money right now, if you want to do something really cool with Cena that looks like something on the poster for SummerSlam, I think it's Cena and Lashley. I wait on theory. What do you think, Dip? I think that probably, I think Omos wins money in the bank. Ooh. <laughs> Which doesn't answer your question at all. Not even but. related to the question at hand. So that was like what? literally. <laughs> that was dip dip just hit me with I like turtles. <laughs> Did I miss half the sentence? I'm it's I have a horrible connection. I said I I said I said, I said <laughs> I think I think Cena theory is going to happen at some point, but I think right now for SummerSlam, the more interesting play would be Cena and Lashley. What are your thoughts? Oh, okay. <laughs> and you said I like turtles. <laughs> um, I, I think they give Cena Austin Theory, and they're going to build up. I think I think Vince has a thing for Austin Theory, and I think they're going to build up Austin Theory. I mean, they'll do they'll do a. Uh, They'll do a you know a short program with Bobby Lashley and and uh, and Austin Theory now, which they're doing, and then I think they'll you know transition into an Austin Theory John Cena program, and that might culminate at SummerSlam. That's my guess. Because so, what so, are your so I, I think it's probably right. So Cena Cena shows up Monday on Raw. Does Cena appear? Do we believe at Money in the Bank the next week? feel like he has to right because why why bring him on why bring him Monday? back right before and then have him not appear 
I mean, you could. You could say he's back and then, you know, he, he appears on Raw the next week but doesn't show up at the pay-per-view because he doesn't have a match. Does he that dare say he's going after the briefcase? Does he show up to take a spot in the match? By the way, that would be very mage, SGG. That's a, that's a, that's a very fun thought. It will not happen. But John Cena throwing himself into the Money in the Bank match, men's Money in the Bank match, would be mage. I like that idea. They need I something. That. I would love to they see need, that. They need something, they, right? We the need something. Matches, we need yeah, something. We, we do. We do. That's we all do. we want. Roman. I like Dips. I like Dips. Thought of um, Omos winning it, by the way. And speaking of which, I'd be remiss if I didn't play this beautiful piece of business from the other day. You've been hanging out with Snoop Dogg again. Mm-hmm. Right, now I know you've been hanging out with Wiz Khalifa and Smoke Dizzle, right? <laughs> because they're the only guys I know that have that kind of top shelf stash. A big MVP shout out for Smoke Dizza. Good old Smokey. <laughs> I think the only people that really grab the mic and do something interesting with it these days, as far as like speaking naturally and sounding really good, are M- yeah. MVP and Theory <laughs> are the only two. Theory sounds like a star. Like this guy, you can give him the mic and he's he's ready to go. I, I, I will say, though, about the Omos of it all, they are going a little too overboard with the camera angle. Like, calm down. Oh, we the shooting up. The shot that has him Relax like- with the shooting up. You're going too far with the shooting up. Just shoot him slightly up. Okay? We don't need to see his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> calm down with the camera angle. <sighs> no. I have to go in a second. So I'll give oh, you, no. you, want just, you want me to give you the the the, the couple few things I was going to mention the smoke yes. is a name drop mage. Okay. I think it was nice to see a Carmella pick the Carmella finally pick up another win for the first time. And well, then she's she's oh, it, we, we we forgot to mention. Well, no, you mentioned that Rhea's out SGG and with her being out, Carmella will get that spot. Big opportunity for her. her. Um, and uh, just other things I noticed from Ron's market. It's time to repackage the street profits. It's time. Really? There's, yeah, I, 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 I found myself. They need to break up. They need to do something. But it, it felt to me this was like I, I've been saying it for a while. But now this week was just like, OK, like they're not they have nothing going on. OK, other than that, we love them individually and they're great wrestlers. But like there's just well, I'll tell just, you I'm this. Tired I do of, think I'm tired of the gimmick. I, I am tired of I will tell you, I am tired of like the red cup. The coming out to yeah. the red cups and it, it does feel like I think they've grown past that it, a little bit. Let's kind of develop this a little further. It's kind um, of a dated thing anyway, the red cup. I don't know. It, uh, anyway. Really? You don't say a pop culture <laughs> reference in wrestling is dated by the time it makes it. It was dated the second it was on television. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I love the backstage Elias Ezekiel promo. I thought I that did was too. hilarious. With the, that, that whole thing is fun. That's really that's a legitimate story being told in wrestling, which is fun. And you know what? Funny, but it's great it's, point. It's something. It's something. No, you're right. It's something. And shout out it's to something. Ezekiel. He's great. And Elias. What do you, you got to say? And shout out to Elias as well. Yeah. And and lastly, I'll leave you with this. Bobby Lastly. Veer, that's my nickname for you. Yeah. Veer has way too nice of a voice. He I, sounds like a very, he sounds like a great guy. It's true. It's true. He shouldn't be talking. Somebody needs to talk for Veer. Or, He's no, a no, sweet or, man. Or he should be a baby. We don't even know. Or he should be a baby face, he, exactly. Why is Veer angry? We don't even know. He sounds like a great guy. He's so sweet. That's uh, why he's angry, though. Every he, he walks uh, in the room and everybody treats him like they're supposed to be intimidated and scared of him. He's a sweet man and a great he, guy. He's really a GG. I, I let him watch my kids. <laughs> yes. I, I want him to. You know, he should be working in a nursing home. Uh, he's such a he's a sweet person. It's it's, it's um, I think it may be an old theory uh, on pro wrestling that has Veer as a, yeah. a bad guy. Veer, yeah. Veer is good looking, good talker. Sounds nice. Looks Ins- nice. Inspirational backstory. Certainly, certainly much more than Lacey Evans, who we had to hear for. What, what is the VR? Ba- what's the VR backstory? He was. I mean, they touched on it on commentary, but he's the inspiration by the Dis- behind the Disney movie Million Dollar Arm. And I know uh, Corey Graves mentioned that, like, he had some business deals go wrong and and things of that nature. But like, he's a, he has a he has a great backstory. Shouts to VR. Well, we know you got to go, Dip. We'll we'll close it out here. We'll we'll do a. We'll do the rest. We'll hold down the fort. We'll talk to you next week, and then we'll see you at Tailgate Social a week from Sunday. Oh yeah, I'm about to go. Wa- I'm about to go walk through the forbidden door of 
of bagels and locks and, and various smears. <laughs> By the way, speaking of which, do you and have there any- will be a dearth when you're done. I'll tell you that. Yes, much. exactly. There, there will finally be a dearth. Now, do you do you have any thoughts you want to give us before you leave on Forbidden Door? You know, oh, that's I all need you that. need to say. That's I, all no, you I know. Need to say. I, by the way, I'm going to watch it with the, with the, with the with the Mark crew. But I, I um, I, look, I, I think it's just like Tony living out his fantasies here. I don't think yeah. there's any like. I, by the way, the last week's not dynamite. This week, yesterday was great, and the week before was great. It's it's the shows are entertaining. There aren't a million stories being told on AEW right now, but like, I love Will Ospreay, so I think he's mage, and I think his stable's mage. I mean, this guy can put on a match, but I, he's exclusive to New Japan. I don't think this guy's going to be around for much longer. So it's like all these guys that are incredible that should be on the AEW roster, Zack Sabre Jr., you know, Will Ospreay, uh, all these guys, they should be permanent fixtures on, on uh, in AEW, but they're like exclusive to New Japan. So it's like, what's the point in teasing the audience with this? You know, I don't know. Or the build needed to be longer. I, I, I don't know. I think but, that's what it was, that the build needed to be longer. Because honestly, um, there, there really isn't individual stories going on in between. It's just like, wow, this guy's a great wrestler. And wow, this guy's another great wrestler. Yep. And I also felt like the Daniel Bryan promo this week last night was like a very WWE type promo where it's like, you should all be excited about wrestling because this week we have Forbidden Door. And then next week we have Blood and Guts. Like it was very WWE promotion of itself. Corniness. Um, so I don't know, man. I would love to see some more stories being told. I will be watching Forbidden Door, and um, for I'll the forbidden what, price, the, for the forbidden price of whatever it is. And by the way, uh, I hope you have a f- forbidden alarm clock the next morning because the card looks—it's already the length of WrestleMania three. So, <laughs> but they, there are yeah. a lot of match. And by the way, I know people are going to get annoyed. I, I, I hear it. I already hear that there are people who are like, you know, we're not giving AEW currently enough enough time. Um, but like sometimes I do think you have to see that as a reflection of what's going on. Just like sometimes there have been times when we've done full AEW shows and we barely get to WWE. Like sometimes it's a reflection of what's happening. While the while the Forbidden Door thing is interesting, it's also like to Dip's point, it's Tony Khan kind of playing with his toys. He's just like, yeah. I want to play with all my toys. And is it? Uh, listen, uh, if I have time, I would I will watch it. But it kind of it kind of feels like viewing for me. It kind of feels like Tony Khan dumped out all his Hasbro's and LJNs, and he's just sort of like, okay, let me yep. see what I could do this week. Woohoo! This is yeah. fun. This guy's going over, and that's sort of what it feels like. Which isn't a bad thing. It just you know, it's, it's too many names and too many guys. It wouldn't be too a bad titles. thing if it weren't for what 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 you also said, which is just like these are supposedly just dream matches that he's just dumping out on people. Because if they have more time to dedicate to the build, I think then they could then make people realize why they should care. Because, like, you're excited for Will Ospreay because you know about it based on your own... You know about him based on your own experience as a wrestling fan, but he's not bridging that gap for fans who don't know these names. He's relying too much on his fans being smart and tapped into everything and then just saying, and we'll give you this match that you've been thinking about, assuming that everybody has been having those thoughts and dreams. Because I'm sure Rosenberg doesn't know half these people, so he no, doesn't did, know why he should no, care about... I, I prefer if you said before you said that, just said respectfully. 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 Well, <laughs> respectfully, as someone with a life, I'm sure <laughs> Rosenberg doesn't know half these people. So, and, yeah. and honestly, there are people who watch New Japan who used to watch it regularly who don't know half these people. I know I'm excited for Okada being on the card and, and you know, Will Ospreay but, and Tanahashi. But other than that, who are these guys that I should care about and, and why? And, you know, what is, what's their beef with these AEW talents that, they, that they're going up against? Dip, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Stay mage. Take it easy. Enjoy yourself. There he is. Um, all right. We there say, he is. There he goes. There he is, and there he goes. And we say goodbye to Dipperstein, and we say hello to... Oh! SGG, who do you have? I'm giving it to Black Wrestling this week. Um, you yeah, know, do how you ever do you ever want to give it to wrestlers? Perhaps well, is that something that interests listen, you? Man, 
and if it's, you, it's the it's the black power. It needs to be specified. The Shad Gaspard Black Power Rankings. Yes. Should it should they be called the Shad Gaspard Black Wrestling Power Rankings? <laughs> this week, yes, because as you know, Juneteenth was over this weekend. Um, I'm sure everybody enjoyed the day off on Monday. Shout out to the damn right. holiday. Um, but every Juneteenth, Black Wrestling drops their BRP 50, which is their list of the 50 best pro wrestlers of the past year ranked um bianca belair came in at number one so by me giving it to black wrestling this week technically i gave it to 50 black wrestlers because i'm telling everybody go check out that brp 50 um i'd also i'm gonna make my moment here on the black power rankings um an opportunity to shout out something we mentioned last week, and that is the Wrestling Club's Road to WrestleMania. Um, it's an after-school wrestling club created by uh, Victor Perry and his students at KIPP AMP Middle School who love pro wrestling. Um, and they are trying to give these kids an opportunity to get to WrestleMania 2023. Now... It says here their goal is to take two to three students. They're trying to raise $15,000. Let's get them to this $15,000 goal. If all of the peckerheads out here um, donate, uh, I think we can get them very close to that number. And, And list your name. List your when you go to the GoFundMe, list your name and write in parentheses Peckerhead. Peckerhead, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll know that it, our people went out there and supported. I just tweeted the GoFundMe and I will throw it up on my IG story as well. And I know you're already going to my IG to check out the beautiful of course. Uh, wrestling engagement photos that I have. So when you're there, donate. I, the only thing I'd like to say about this amazing thing that they're doing is is SGG, if they get to fifteen thousand, I feel like they could bring more than two or three. I agree. I mean, there'll have to be some parent chaperones, but right. So you're gonna have to have a couple parents yeah. too. But if you buy this airfare in advance, you should be able to get everyone out there for around three, four hundred bucks a person, right? So let's say you were to take five kids. That's two grand on airfare for the kids. Now let's say for the five kids, you need to bring. I think two adults is fine. I think so too. Two adults. That's another four. We're up to twenty eight hundred dollars. Now we need hotel rooms. Now that's what, th- that's what they're going to get got in LA. I'm and not they're going to get got because it's a few nights, right? right. Because you got you, three nights, right? You're going to yeah. really basically need to be there for three nights. And for three nights. And it's the weekend put, too. It's three over the weekend, which is where they're going to get really got. And, but know. you can have, and you, so you're going to need, you're going to need three hotel rooms, maybe four, because you could put two kids in one hotel. Maybe if you have girls and boys, you could have the boys in one room. You could have the girls in another yep. room. Boom. Then the adults each need a room. Boom, boom, boom. We should be up to like five grand, maybe six grand. I think. I think if with this fifteen k, we can get a bunch of kids to WrestleMania. Well, then they gotta get the they gotta get the tickets too, though. I I have a hunch WWE will come up with the tickets. That's my that's my guess. So if he gets them there, they will. They may get. A I'm seat. not saying that. I, I you speak said they for may. No you one. said they may. You said they I, listen, may. if they ask me for help, I would gladly help. Be the. Uh, I reached out. I already told them I'm here for them. Um, sounds like they've already spoken to WWE. So I, my guess is they'll get tickets. If they can't, though, and then you have to buy seven tickets, you know, that that's, yeah, that'll add up to a few grand because it's two nights, right? Yep. The point is, it's awesome. Let's get these kids to let's, WrestleMania. Let's send these kids um, to Hollywood. And yeah, I'll put the link in my bio as well on Instagram, and I'll, I'll tweet the link out as well. I've been tweeting the link out. So so you will see it. You will be able to find this link. mm. So that's a that's my black power ranking. Since we're not doing wrestlers anymore on this, I was gonna say Victor Perry famously. I'll give it to Victor Perry, <laughs> and and everyone, Black Wrestling, the Black Announce Table, uh, the, any the anyone A-show. who's involved was supporting this. Yeah, I, shout out to the A Show, the uh, A Show as well. Anyone who's supporting it, I'm showing love to. Um, SGG, you want to get to a little uh, mailbag action before we oh, put yeah. a, a bow on this thing? I know there's. A lot more to get to, but we'll get to it next week as think, we get to the go home for Money in the Bank. Yeah, and the fallout from Forbidden Door, because I know Daniel Bryan, we mentioned this too, he's out uh, presumably with an injury, so we get to find out who oh, his man. surprise replacement is. Because um, when Dip said that was a very WWE promo, the way he built it up, 
I agree, but I, so, I also feel like the landing was very AEW, which is like, and now we, we have a surprise that we will reveal <laughs> at the pay-per-view is how they sold almost every show so far. Exactly. Um, here we go. Mail. All righty. Ready for some mailbag? Oh, yeah. Brock versus Roman. Ben says, hey, guys, with Brock versus Roman set to take place at SummerSlam, we didn't even mention Brock's return. I know. What do you think? Is there fear slash concern with building slash pushing someone new? I don't think WWE can build a new superstar, but it appears they're unwilling or uninterested in putting someone in that spot. I feel like they aren't interested in putting together a two-month story to get someone hot to go against Roman. Instead, they're just going back to Brock. Now, before we respond to that, there's another... Another one I'll, I'll say, and this is, I'm not trying to get Greg, don't get hot at the subject because I think the email is interesting. The subject is mail. Roman Reigns has been a failure. <laughs> um, but, but before you judge it by that, I do think it's a, a compelling email, even if I don't agree with the title, which is a bit trolling. The subject. After seeing Brock come out Friday to set up uh, another match between Lesnar and Reigns at SummerSlam in conjunction with celebrating 20 years of Cena, I realized one thing. The Roman title reign has been a failure, largely by no fault of his own. What I mean is that this reign and his post-Shield 1.0 run have failed to create new main event stars. In comparison, Cena helped make guys like Edge, Punk, AJ, and Orton through Randy's own admission. Even guys like KO and Miz were given major boosts from defeating Cena in major matches to the point where Miz still brings up his victory over Cena at Mania more than a decade later. You don't become become a 16-time champ without losing the championship at least 15 times. During Roman's time on top, who has become a legit main eventer through their work at WWE? Seth and Brock were already there while Cody got there by leaving, starting AEW and returning. This is not a shot at Roman. But the reason we haven't seen a title reign this long in decades is that it puts a ceiling on other talent, especially now that he holds both belts. The ceiling forces them to go back to Brock over and over. In fact, their initial plan for SummerSlam was Randy, who preceded Roman by a decade. And the long rumor main event for Mania next year is Roman versus Rock, who retired well before Roman debuted. I would love to know your thoughts. Stay mage, Zach. So I think that ties into the last email. Um, SGG, I think that Roman's run has been awesome in many ways. I don't disagree, though, that when you see them going back to Brock, you go, did they have they not done the job they needed to do having someone else who's capable of having a match with Roman Reigns? Well, here's the thing. They're trying to sell out a stadium show, right? So they don't have they don't they don't have the the time because he said they have two months. They don't have two months. They have until the end of July. July. Right now they have five weeks. Yeah. Yeah, so they don't have five weeks to heat somebody up for that spot with Roman. You mean um, no? You mean five weeks isn't enough time to heat somebody up? Yeah, they don't. Yeah, it's not enough time. It's not like the Rumble where like you win the Rumble and then somebody has a rocket on their back going into WrestleMania. That time in between SummerSlam, you need somebody established to do what it does. Now, when he mentioned Cena, it was interesting. He discounted people who Roman, who became stars while Roman was champ, as saying like they were already there. But then when he mentioned Cena making people, he listed guys like Edge and Randy Orton, who were also already on their way to being stars without Cena. Like Edge accomplished a whole lot. Edge accomplished actually everything he could accomplish before taking the championship off of Cena. And then the distinction, too, between Cena and Roman's are uh, but but but, but let me just argue that point just a little bit, though. However, Edge winning the title at New Year's Revolution, mm-hmm. and then having the back and forth with Cena mm-hmm. is truly what took him from career mid-card guy to the rest of his career main event guy. Right, but it also helped Cena as well, right? Because remember, this is Cena's, This is Cena in his the first few months of his first run. I think he won it um, at WrestleMania It's, it's 20. the very beginning. Yeah, yeah it's the right, very he beginning won it, He won it at WrestleMania so, 21, and this happened Right before WrestleMania next, 22. Correct. A few months before 22. So, so it's still it early is, on. So to say that Cena made Edge is not They not made each other, you're saying. Exactly. And then to say that Cena made Orton is also not accurate because by the time Cena's doing that, Orton is already a world champion and rising in his own way, in his own path on a completely different show. And then what I was going to get to with um, 
Cena and Roman, an important distinction that's overlooked is that Roman is the heel, right? Baby Cena is the baby face. The baby face becomes champion and like the baby face getting the title and the chase and all that boosts the baby face. And then the heel being dominant and holding on to the championship while baby faces get close to taking it away makes baby faces. So, I mean, just because nobody has taken the title off of Roman doesn't mean that there aren't new stars that people are excited to see. Riddle is a perfect example of that. Um, and people clamoring for Montez to go for that spot is a perfect example of that. Um, and just the people who've been able to step up with Roman not even appearing on the card is a perfect example of that. You think about some of the women, right? Because when everybody talks about these new stars, they completely overlook Bianca and Rhea and like some of the women who are rising pretty fast while Roman's been champion. Just because, again, when Cena did it, the women weren't ever going to get that spot. So I don't know that... You know, they haven't making new stars or that it's a failure because they had to go back to Brock. But um, I just think that the time for them to pull the trigger, they don't think it's happened yet. I think they I think they could have. I think Cody would have been a good one. Um, Drew is a contender always. Riddle is somebody who's right there that can be made by beating Roman. But I don't think that I don't think that they feel the need to. Um, yeah, I don't totally agree with this. I, I, I think my answer is between both of you. I think that. It's not. It's certainly not a failure, and I also agree that I don't like the idea that five weeks isn't enough time. I think the fact that five weeks isn't enough time to get someone there proves his point. Well, someone should be within five weeks ready to have a huge event at SummerSlam in, to if, sell the stadium out. Though, like you can you can get somebody ready for pay per view in no time, but to to fill those seventy thousand seats after they well, remember already- you're not. But it's not. They're not. They shouldn't be selling on their own. I mean, SummerSlam is a brand almost as big as WrestleMania. It's a really big brand, and there are other and there's other talent on this card. I I, I would I agree. hear you. I would agree with you if they didn't have to like they didn't make that mistake already with Money in the Bank. Right, that Money in the Bank is a brand all on its own, and that they should be able to sell it out. And but Money the in the Bank ain't SummerSlam. It's not, it's not, but but after having to move to a more intimate location, can you understand if they're a little bit skittish and is like, all right, we're going to turn to our bankable proven stars to get this done? Because they don't want to do that again. And that's going to be another embarrassment rolling into Clash at the Castle. They got to stop the bleeding at some point. Uh, let's get to one or two more and call it a day. Mail. A lot of... Uh- a lot of congrats emails. I appreciate them. Nick um, sends a really nice message. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Christopher Turner sent a really nice message here. Could not be happier for you, and I'm wishing you and Natalie a lifetime of happiness. Just wanted to express how unbelievably thrilled I am about your news. Mazel tov and wishing you guys nothing but the best. P.S. Hoping Jewish Jr. can take time out of his schedule to help officiate the wedding. <laughs> I got to tell you, that would be something. <laughs> that would be mage. Right when, and you know what he would say when the glass breaks. Business, Business is, is picking up. <laughs> That's right. And here comes Stone Cold. <laughs> Natalie's idea was fantastic yesterday. I told her we should get married in the ring at WrestleMania. She said, and when we step on the glass, Austin comes out. I said, now that is something. And SGG volunteered to take the stunner for me. Yeah, because they can't let the groom do it. I mean, although I'd probably have to, right? Yeah, he, he can get us both. He can. Andrew Stern says, congrats. Jose has a uh, an idea. Mail. Just want to say, looking forward to Vegas and the live podcast, probably more than Money in the Bank. The one last year was awesome, even though Dip wasn't there. My t-shirt idea on the front dip flare in cursive across the chest on the back number 35 sports jersey style with the 35 spelled out above it like the name on the jersey so (laughs) it's 35 under 35 (laughs) i think it's mage and would buy immediately appreciate you guys and see in vegas statement that's a great That's that's hilarious that's a really good idea maybe we should try to do that as a limited a limiter because sgg you you had your shirt. I did. You've had you've had two shirts. I had a couple of shirts. Yeah. I mean the 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 virgin one, which was popular, and the the less popular, very rare. I don't even think I have one. I have Uptown, one. Uptown Malcolm. That's that's a crazy shirt. I don't even remember how we got. Oh, because we said that would be like your gimmick name. Yeah, Greg the Virgin. 
and they, they would have made you though from because you're from Harlem you would have been uptown Malcolm um so yeah that's a really a really good idea um guys we appreciate you we're so excited to see everyone next week do us a favor send us a tweet drop us a line let us know if you're coming out to tailgate social because if I am to try to pull together some sort of crazy shirt in the next 10 days I'd have to know exactly what kind of crowd we're even looking at here and of course bring your wallet because the merch that Ted has uh, for the wrestling for sale pop-up is unreal oh yeah and I I've I've decided I'm gonna test the market and uh if somebody's willing to spend a, a for- price a, a very high I've price. A, I've heard it's a very high price. A very high price that I would be willing to part with uh, my very rare Hitman all over print in blue, by the way, which was it's, the one no, makes, it's, it, it's, it's the very special. blue Brett that was acquired from Bret Hart's personal collection. Right. It made its way from Brett to Ted. To me. If, if it doesn't sell for the high number you're asking for. <laughs> yeah. I, I may try to come up with a proposition where I would trade mine to you. I would I would add either cash value or another shirt of some sort because I just want yours because it's newer than mine. <laughs> it's yours is in great condition. Yeah. Um, anyways, SUG, stay mage. Troy, congratulations on your freedom. We'll catch you guys next week. Take it easy, man. Red Heart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mitch.